Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. I'm here with Aurélien, the Mindful Investor, with my co-hosts Darcy and Glenn. And today we will be discussing uh, problem solving and creating win-win situations. And why don't we get Darcy to lead us off today? Oh, nice. Welcome, everybody. Um, You know, when I describe what I do, my daughters think I just talk on the phone. When they were younger and they had one of those classroom uh, things talking about jobs in our neighborhood and our communities and cities. And they asked my one daughter, what does your dad do? And she said, he uh, talks on the phone. Um, but what I really, yeah, I know it's like, oh, you know, that's accurate. If you <laughs> sat there and watched for 10 hours, you would see me on the phone for about eight of them. Um, but what I described to myself is I solve problems, other people's problems and problem solving is at the heart of what we do. Um, the reason why, uh, these buildings fall to us and become available is that they have a problem that someone else is either unwilling or cannot solve, um, Sometimes a real estate problem is just as simple as zoning or cleanliness or marketing. So what, what, what I generally do is identify what the problem is. Why is this property being sold? Now you can get down a rabbit hole and wonder what other people's motives and dark ideas, but generally it comes down to a handful of things. They're either unwilling to collect rents or do the hard work of renovating, uh, confronting tenants, having difficult conversations either with the bank or with their partners or with their physician or with their tenants. And it all starts for me with a lot of conversations. So I talk on the phone and I have to quote my um, grade seven English teacher, Mrs. McConnell, my, my notes in my English mark said, and this is quote, and I've carried with this, this with me now for 44 years. If Darcy doesn't learn to stop talking, he will make nothing of his life. And that's all I do. I don't paint baseboards anymore. I don't cut out countertops for sinks. I don't plumb. I don't roof. I used used to do those things. I don't. My best, uh, my best attribute is talking and having difficult conversations and solving problems. Um, You know, I could give you an example. Um, People don't want to lean into difficult conversations. It's, uh, it's conflict. It's anxiety producing. And I, you know, I rehearse them. I, I sweat them just like everyone else, but they have to be done. Um, I had heard it said, you know, that the measure of your success will be your, your success will be measured by the nature of the difficult conversations that you're willing to engage in. And if you don't have any difficult conflicted conversations, you'll never get anything. Your first wage raise when you're like a 16 year old takes a really difficult conversation. The first time you quit a job where you like your coworkers to get a better job with better opportunities means you got to go in and say, I'm leaving. And it's not because I hate you guys. It's because I got a better opportunity somewhere else. That's a hard conversation for a 16 year old or a 14 year old working at BW pole in Maple Ridge. Right. So for instance, you know, we took over this building and it was wretched It is as bad as you could imagine. Uh, Crime, you know, everything's leaking and broken and smelly and gross. And we had a bunch of guys that were on the same floor that were taken in. And there were the handful of people paying the rent. They pay the rent on the third or fourth party for five days, and then they'd be out of money. And then they'd be hawking stuff, petty crime, borrowing, mooching, whatever, for the next uh, 25 days of the month. Pretty toxic conversation, but they're not bad guys. It's just the way they're living. And we couldn't go forward with a healthy building with these guys. And I went to them and said, listen, this isn't working. This, this will not work. We're going to fill this building up with 
young students and seniors and working people and uh, they won't tolerate you partying till three in the morning and then going up and down the hallways, knocking on doors, bumming cigarettes and rent, you know, more money and food. It's just not going to work. We could, you know, talk about how you could thrive and I could thrive. And here's my proposal. There's a bunch of places that you could rent for you and your friends. You could rent a house for what you're paying right now in the other part of the city. You'd have complete control of the property. You could be allowed and as long as you want. You could rent some of the rooms to your friend and actually come out ahead. And I showed him how. I said, my contractors today will load up our trucks and drive your stuff there. And more, I will give you a rental reference that say you, always, you paid your rent on time. And I will drive your stuff there and I will give you $200 in traveling cash. Today only though, till four o'clock. My guys stopped work at five. He, saw, he took about 15 seconds to think it over. And I already stuck my hand out. Like we're going to shake on this, like two guys shaking on a deal. His hand was halfway out of his pocket before he even processed what he thought about. It was halfway to me. He had six more inches to go to make a deal for 200 bucks. My guy's moving his stuff on a hot Saturday afternoon, moving to a new location if he got get a, get a rent there. It's just six inches away from a, a possible deal that worked for everybody. That's not a long distance to cover. And he took about 12 more seconds to think about it. We shook hands and my guy started loading his stuff immediately. We backed the trucks up to the door and started moving <laughs> them downstairs. I thought you, know, I, you, I, you built it problem. up like I thought it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it solved the problem. Too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a it twist so ending. No, it was on the tip of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six <laughs> inches away from a possible solution. Of course, we closed that distance. Six okay. inches is nothing. So we solve problems. And that's what it is every day, a series of problems. So you can't manage that. You can't just have people phoning you and bringing their problems to you, whether they're your employees, your partners, your investment partners, your tenants, your contractors. It's probably not the right job for you. But if you have a mind for, hmm, how could we fix that? Tell me about it. What are our options? You know, and work through a heuristic of what, how you would work through this. Get the details. Break it down. What are the parts? What are the consequences? How do we get there? You know, apply whatever... You need Occam's razor. What is the simplest solution to this? Or what is the simplest solution? I just told Ori, I'm going to borrow this. This is from Tim Ferriss. This is a quote from him off one of his podcasts. If you have a problem that can be solved with money, you don't have much of a problem. They keep printing it. There is tons of money out there. If that's your problem, that's your biggest hurdle is money. You don't really have much of a problem. Real problems are persistent moral problems, persistent societal or psychological problems. Money? They just keep printing it. It deflates, but there's mountains of it. So that's the usual one that people make objections to. That's going to cost too much money. What is too much? Those are relative terms. If you're going to make 100% return on investment, what is too much? Too much for today or too much for a week from now? But 10 years from now, you won't even remember how much that cost. And likely a year from now, inflation will take care of any mistakes we've made now. So I love that one from Tim Ferriss. I quote that over and over again when people complain about money. Go, that ain't a problem. There's lots of money. I don't know. I've been talking too long. No. I love solving problems. Yeah, no, I, I did the same thing. I came up with a story as well. Um, so I was buying, well, let's start from the start. I got approached with an opportunity and that it was a mess. And so what happened was a, a seller was selling a property to some investor who was going to renovate the property and then think flip it or turn it into a refi and hold or something, something like that anyway. Yeah. So he was, they were both very flexible and the seller decided to let the buyer start renovating the property prior to closing. Okay. Risky solution, but maybe there's lots of faith, right? Yes. So anyway, okay. they went through and renovated half of the building 
um, and then they didn't pay the contractor. So now the contractor goes and says, I want to put a lien on the property. And the, the, the property owner is like, this isn't my thing. I, I didn't hire this contractor. I didn't do this whole thing. And so now three parties are all lawyering up, ready to go to battle over this whole thing, right? And it's gonna be um, not a cheap one. It's not gonna be like, hey, we're signing a thing. We're gonna go to full on court. We're gonna lawyer up and we're all gonna spend a lot of money on this whole thing. Um, and they said, Glenn, you're an investor. Is there any idea or anything you could do for this? And I'm like, I need numbers. Well, first of all, let's, let's get the numbers. Let's figure out what everyone's situation is. Yep. So I figured out what the contract was to purchase the property. I figured out what the renovation had been done so far, what was owed to the contractor and what was left to be owed to the contractor and what renovation was left to be done. And I worked all of it together and came up with a solution. And I said, I'll come in, I'll buy the property, I'll pay off the contractor and I'll hire that contractor to finish the renovation um, because they've done a good job for the first half of it. And um, yeah, everyone would be happy. But like, you know, you guys were all lawyering up and prepared to spend a lot of money on legal costs. So I'm not paying you the full amount. Um, <laughs> but everyone they, they, it's pain right people don't yeah. like pain and i wasn't trying to be a jerk but it had to be make sense for me to take over the project yeah so i i did that and i came in i'm like this is my proposal to everyone one piece of paper they all get to see the same piece of paper this is how i'm going to pay everyone everyone's going to be happy and everyone can walk away they all settled for it. The uh, seller decided to sell the property for less than they were going to get. The um, new buyer basically was willing to walk away um, and the contractor was happy to get paid. And we worked out a deal that worked for everybody. Everyone went home and slept good that night, I'm sure. Because yeah. it was, whenever you have those pain, you just want it to go away. And I didn't rip them apart to make it like a terrible deal. I made it so it was something that worked for everyone my numbers. And then I just got a private lender to loan the money to take over the project. I didn't put my own money in, finish the contracting. And now I'm just waiting the seasoning period to refinance the property and get all of the money back to pay back the uh, private lender. The private lender. Um, I did find a lender that would give me the refinance right off the dot, bot, right off the bat. But I, uh, it made more sense to wait the six months because I get a better interest rate and everything else. So no. I'm just paying the high private lender money. So private lenders happy too. So yeah, we've put all these people together and made a win-win for everything. Yeah. So, okay. So it took someone breaking down the things, doing an audit of what the situation is, going back to the numbers, not these fixed positions that are emotional. I'm getting ripped off. He didn't fulfill their contract or whatever. There's emotional stuff. Do an audit of what's going on, get the numbers, evaluate, listen deeply to what everyone needs from this. And then propose a solution that works for everybody. Yeah. I mean, how good is that? There's a there's a framework for decision making and problems. Yep. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, what's your situation? What are you your win wins or win loss? Um, well, yeah, I think it's um, um, I think it's uh, it's part of the entrepreneur entrepreneur's journey. Uh, you know, you mentioned Darcy that you you buy problems and um, entrepreneurs fix problems and. Uh, and, you know, I'll take examples from the commercial real estate 
space, um, for example, with commercial malls, uh, with COVID, the writing was already on the wall with um, all the movement, the move to e-commerce for commercial malls. But uh, so they had to bounce back and find solutions. And uh, so some of them have uh, in the US have turned to uh, self-storage. So they took uh, commercial malls and transformed them into self-storage. Uh, I know in London here where I live, um, they took, uh, they're going to use some of the parking, they're going to create underground parking for the mall and use the parking available to create what's in need, which is multifamily. So they will do some developments, multifamily, and people will be able to walk to the, to the mall. And yeah, I think um, that's the beauty of uh, of entrepreneurship because you know, basically you you identify problems and once your problem has been well defined, just in the case like in the case of um, Glenn, you know, you you put some numbers on it or you identify you know what really is is at is at stake, and then then you 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 put your head and your your creative and try to find solutions that work for for everybody. And um, some of the problems you can be facing can be vacancies, extensive renovations, a, build, a building with a bad reputation. I've had some cases with buildings like that where you know drugs were involved, and uh, so I um, I and you need to uh, turn the building around, and uh, so. I was lucky, you know, it was in a state where the laws were rather pro-tenant, so it was, um, and because they were not paying the rent either, it was, they were easy to evict, and uh, little by little, you know, you inject some capital, and you redo the unit, and you put better tenants in, and that's the way, you know, over time, how you can um, uh, turn your building around, and um, in, in states or provinces, I, I, I had done um I, I, I was working on a deal back in the day here in London, actually, lodging houses, and I had some very interesting conversations with the owner who, um, so the, the legislation in Ontario is rather pro-tenant pro and he had to surf and, and deal with that. And uh, he had come up with some extremely creative uh, ways to, uh, to deal with tenants that were not paying or were causing problems. And, and, and first he created a rapport with the tenant and uh, always showed them respect, that he had respect for them. And then would um, give them to understand that the, the place was not a good fit for them and uh, mm. that they didn't fit well with the rest of the tenants. They were uh, disturbing others, a uh, piece of enjoyment. And, um, and he, he was able to, sometimes, you know, he had to do cash for keys, but he was able to, to bring them to, a, you know, find, to have them like you did, Darcy, you know, find them alternative housing and help them with a um, uh, find a solution uh, to to leave the building and then uh, start somewhere else and um, yeah so i think i think it's interesting you know solving problems and being creative uh, mm -hmm. that yeah. and having a, an extensive toolbox right understand multiple strategies and then being able to combine them to solve things sometimes it's not as easy as just buying the property like sometimes it's you know, you, you, I've had people contact me where they're like, I'm going to lose my house. And you go, oh, but if I have a mortgage on it and you're like, well, we could do a subject too. Oh, we could do, you know, you, maybe you could hold back. Maybe you could do all mm -hmm. these things. Maybe you can, and it's just like, but you had to know how all these different things worked and then how you could put them together with the tenant or, or with the buyer or with the other things. And it's, 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 it's about being creative, but also you got to have the knowledge ahead of time. Yeah. Absolutely. So the I think, knowledge allows you to be creative. Yeah. 
And I think the only way that you get that is, I think Glenn did a good job of describing what he did, listening to them. Like, like if I'm, I'm writing this down as we're talking, and these are the steps that we've, we've taken, we always start with the conversation. And that, this is what I, it's harder to get my younger employees. Have you talked to him? Yes. Sorry, what did that conversation look like? And when you find out it's a quick text, that the whole conversation, the whole thing went awry because of a couple of bad emails that are poorly written, a lot of bad assumptions, a couple of hasty texts, and that's not talking to someone, right? So our first grid is, have you talked to them? First thing, really actually face-to-face -face or on the phone, have a real conversation so you can hear tone and content, listen deeply to them, clarify what their points are and find out what their values are and listen deeply to what the situation is. Because you can't solve what you don't know about. You can make an ignorant solution that doesn't work. Um, and then reframe the problem in some way that's a win-win for everybody. Find a way for everyone to win. You've got a high chance of success if you can do that. And usually yeah. it's not a home run. It's a good double, to borrow a baseball metaphor. Yeah. You're not looking for a home run to disadvantage someone and hold their hand underwater until they stop thrashing. You're actually looking for a solution. We're not killers. We're business people. Um, it reminds me know. of a Voss and, uh, you know, uh, never split yeah, the difference, you know, the importance of listening to your counterpart. And also when you buy from someone, when you buy a building, it's very key, it's key, you know, to really listen and try to have a conversation with the seller to understand what, it, what they're looking for. So that the different terms, you know, it's not always all about price. Sometimes, you know, the mm -hmm. terms are going to matter too. And uh, yeah. these are elements. I, in, I would in, rather yeah. negotiate on terms than price. Yeah. I would They're far more flexible. Yep. There's so many different ways you can go. If yeah. you're, if they're willing to do a carry back or something, if they're even in that ballpark, then you just, there's so much, you can make so many win-wins yeah. that everybody's happy to walk away with and you can solve yeah. some of their capital gains problems or everything by just paying them gradually. There's lots, there's a million different ways to solve these things. Yeah. And those, those are easier to address. Like this is one of the things my wife says, but sometimes I'm confused by there's so much energy in a certain situation. And I can't understand it because it's just a simple problem. And she said, well, you know, it's often one of two things, fear or jealousy. It's unlikely jealousy, but sometimes it's fear. And people are, you know, to borrow current uh, phrase, people are triggered by disrespect and they get emotionally engaged in something. So uh, Chris Voss, you know, already mentioned Chris Voss, his idea of getting into a situation is you're, you're going to think I'm a real jerk. You're going to and do it over, overdo it. You're going to think I'm just the worst person ever for suggesting this. And of course, they're going to object to you because they're ready to object to whatever you say. And you just said you're awful. And they're going to object and say you're not awful, which opens up a dialogue that you're not awful because they just said so. It's it's brilliant. I've used that so many times this spring to get into difficult conversations. You're, you're going to think I'm a total jerk and you're going to hate what I have to say. And they go, no, no, no. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't think you're a jerk. You could Now you have an opportunity because we both agreed we're not a jerk. Let's get on with solving a problem. I think he's brilliant. Everyone should read his book. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. As good. We solved the world's problems, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Yet again. If you feel like leaving a review, please be our guest. And uh, if you want to send us a question we couldn't answer during the show, please email us at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It was Aurélien, Darcy and Glenn. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, bye everybody. <laughs>